And I'm delighted to say I've been joined by uh, three cricket connoisseurs. Welcome. My name's Peter Moore. We've got another big kickoff cricket uh, podcast coming up. Huge amount to talk about. Yes, I know the cricket season technically is finished, but there's still a huge amount to talk about that's happened in the last few weeks. I've been joined by uh, Debbie Knight, a, a regular contributor to our podcast. Good evening, Debbie. Good evening. Also by Ben Koski as well. Ben has been on... Um, I think once before, actually. I think, Ben, correct me if I'm wrong, or have I counted wrongly? No, you're right, Peter. I, and, I am right, uh, good. I, I obviously didn't upset anyone because you've asked me back. So well, that's right, yeah. yeah. I mean, that is the main criteria. If anyone does get <laughs> No, I'm joking. No, no, no. It's normally me who ends up upsetting people. Ben actually writes for the ECB Reporters Network and also for Sky Digital as well. And to be fair, he does a brilliant job on both of those occasions as well. So uh, welcome on board. Ben, and also uh, he was on the uh, he was a, a 12 man last time, but now we've managed to fit him in the squad. I'm delighted to say we've got Mark Smith uh, joining us for the first time. He's a massive Warwickshire fan, so uh, I'm sure there'll be a few Warwickshire um, hints about players, etc., on as well. Good evening to you, Mark. Good evening, Peter. Good evening, everyone. So, as I say, we've got a lot to talk about here on the Big Kickoff dot uh, com cricket podcast. Uh, let's start off and look back at the weekend. Uh, when I was writing these notes uh, last week, I was thinking the weather forecast is absolutely dreadful for the weekend. Please don't have a uh, a bowl out or anything at all like that. Ben, I know you were covering uh, the Vitality Blast uh, semi-finals and final uh, for Sky Digital. Let's have your thoughts. Uh, first of all, thank goodness the weather <laughs> kept off more than anything else. We got to see some cricket. And let's face it, it was two good semi-finals and a final as well. Absolutely, Peter. I mean, I think the first thing we have to say is uh, is credit to the ground staff at Edgbaston because uh, I think everyone was preparing for a bowl-out. I, I was certainly uh, uh, looking up um, past histories of bowl-outs and things like that, fully expecting it would go to that or maybe go to the reserve-reserve day. Um, so they so they got the, the games on, um, so well done to them. And yeah, I think the, the cricket in the end was, uh, it was, it was a fitting end to, to the domestic season. Um, three good games. Uh, I think I would say... From from my point of view, I, I would say probably the best side in the tournament ended up winning it, uh, not Outlaws. But um, there, was, there was a lot of good cricket along the way. Um, I think definitely commiserations, not just, I mean, to all three teams who, who didn't, of course, win it, but particularly, I think, to Gloucestershire, because they were in on a bit of a hiding to nothing, really. I think the first team that, um, that lost the toss in that first semi-final was always going to be in trouble. Uh, going in on a pitch that was uh, only just drying out. They weren't really quite sure how it's going to play. And with 11 overs aside, you don't have time to feel your way into things. So I, I think they were perhaps particularly hard done by, but that is the luck of the toss of the coin, if, if you like. Um, and uh, and it was a good, good finish to that. Let's hope um, more of the same next summer, but hopefully with some spectators as well. Yeah, I suppose that was the only thing that was missing, wasn't it, Ben, really? I mean, no spectators there, because for obvious reasons, T20 uh, final day, should I say, it's for the spectators, it's a mascot race and everything else, etc., isn't it, really? All crammed in, it's a fun day. Everybody goes, well, I say everyone goes home happy, obviously some people don't, if they're tired of loss, but I mean, basically, they've had a good day's entertainment, haven't they? 
Yeah, exactly. It's it's a festival of cricket normally, isn't it? And um, and, and and as you say, things like the the, the mascots race and and so on. So it didn't feel quite right. But I think the overwhelming feeling, probably for everyone in the cricketing uh, world, is that uh, some cricket was far better than no cricket. And um, you know that that really is, has, has been the theme of the the last few months. I think we, we're grateful for what what we did manage to get on. Debbie, um, I'll come to your thoughts now on the, on the obviously the semi final and the final. Um, I know some people have said you've got to feel a bit sorry for Surrey because they had that terrific run to actually get to the final, and then of course they blew it, didn't they, <laughs> in the actual final itself? Well, yeah, they did. I mean, it, I'm a Surrey member as well as an Essex member and fan, um, and they had a very poor Bob Willis trophy, mm. but seemed to be doing really well actually in the T20. But but I have to say, the more I watched that final, Dan Christian really deserved for Notts to win that final, didn't he? You know, he yeah. had such a good innings in the semi-final um, and then bowled really well and, again, batted well in the, in the final. Poor old Alex Hales again, hold out, literally on the first ball, didn't he, there? Uh, I th- I've got a feeling that I saw that happen to him a couple of years ago in one of the semi-finals. He was certainly bold for a duck. Um, cue unfortunate language, I think. But mm. yeah, sorry, we're unlucky. But but Notts, as you said, I think Notts deserved to win. Really, they really did. Oh, certainly on the day. Yeah, they and seem- I think you know you, you've highlighted uh, Dan Christian. I mean, what a superb knot, wasn't it? I mean, you know, if you want a guy to come in at the end and just smash, what if it was four sixes? I lost count at the end actually, and all of a sudden. That then really takes the game away, doesn't it, from the opposition? Yeah, he, he did. He was a, he was a sight to behold. Really, it was fantastic. <laughs> bet, and actually, bet, um, Ben Duckett. You know, he's a bit of a forgotten man, isn't he, Ben yeah. Duckett? That that's a very talented young cricketer. Really, he's probably not so young now, but um, yeah, he got a fifty-three, which set them up. Um, I, he's a player that I like to see do well. Actually, I'd, I'd like to see him come back somewhere in the England setup. Yeah, I'm not quite sure where he might fit in, but yeah, it was, good, I enjoyed it. Yes, yeah, a very good point, Debbie. I, I was going to come on to that. As you say, Ben Duckett originally, a little while ago, was in that setup, wasn't he? But he sort of dropped down the order. And, and you're right. I mean, you know, the way this England uh, one-day squad are performing, T20 squad, etc. as well, he's going to find it difficult, isn't it, to try and get back into that squad? Yeah, I mean, he's a very capable Red Bull cricketer as well, actually. Yeah. Um, and of course, as with so many of our decent batsmen these days, he can take the gloves as well. Um, I think for many players now, because England are we they have a bit of a wealth of riches really in in both white ball and red ball cricket at the moment. So it's going to take something to actually break through. Um, and I'm not sure they'll go back to previous players that they maybe have had some issues with. He was very famously sent back from Australia, wasn't he? For mm. was it pouring a pint of beer over Jimmy? Not not the best of plans, really. But yes, yeah, no, it wasn't. No, it wasn't actually. No. I don't think Jimmy Anderson was too amused either. To be no. perfectly honest, he would have helped if it was his favourite beer, but I don't think it was actually. But still, <laughs> um, Mark, come on to you then. Um, it'd be nice if Warwickshire were there. I mean, at least it was at Edgebaston, but never mind. Um, <laughs> your thoughts on the semi-final and final? Um. Yeah, I think I think the best two teams got, got to the final. I feel it's sorry for Gloucestershire, as we sort of alluded to earlier. I think, I mean, you look at something like Gloucestershire as a team, they haven't 
you know, they haven't got many like international. I mean, Brace is probably the only player I could think of who would say yes, he's an England player. But a lot of them players are, you know, under the radar, like Miles Hammond, for example, top of the order. And I watched the game, for example, against Warwickshire in, in the. Uh, Qualifying stages, and he, he was absolutely superb. He was blitzing down with fours and six to law. Um, I think, I think, yeah, the toss was a big factor as, as we were talking about earlier. I think one of the one of the key things I think about the 2020 was how well the bowlers vary for the slower ball. Like, for example, when I was watching the, uh, the highlights of the semi finals and final, the amount of wickets the bowlers were getting just from bowling slower balls and batsmen just weren't picking at all. Um, so I think I think in Surrey's case, um, obviously had a couple of players missing with IPL commitments. Sam Curran being an example I can think of straight away off the top of my head. Um, but yeah, I mean Nottinghamshire. I mean to be fair to them, they've, they've been due success. If you you know obviously in four, they've had a couple of really poor seasons in four their cricket and relegated in, in the championship I think last season. They were bottom of the league, win a single game, and fortunately as a Warwickshire fan, I was very happy about that because we didn't have a very good season either. So. Um, yeah, I think I think you look at Nottinghamshire. You look at the experience in that, in that lineup. I mean, so many players have played at international level. I mean, one thing, one statistic: Dan Christians actually won. Um, that's his 18th T20 title that he's won. Amazing across uh, across Australia and India. Um, I saw that on a, on a uh, cricketer post. So, and he, he that's his game. You know, when I saw him in the final, you know. He was bludgeoning. I mean, he won, you know, his hitting was fantastic. He's a good striker of the ball. But also his bowling. I mean, I think in the final, he was only going at five runs per over or something like that. His economy rate, I can't remember. But he was mixing up his, his pace really well. And I think he just he just came to the fore on a day, really. So I think Nottinghamshire overall would deserve winners for sure. While we've got you, Mark, um, you mentioned earlier about the Warwickshire and the best of seasons, to be, you know, to put it mildly. What do you put your finger on where things have gone wrong at Warwickshire? It's hard to say, really. I think, I think batting has been a big problem. We, you know, just don't score enough runs. I think there's been a lot of pressure over the years on, like, obviously Ian Bale, who's now obviously retired. I think bowling-wise, we're pretty good. I think, I think Jeet Patel was, was, was a big loss in this season. Just gone, and obviously he won't be playing for us now. We've, we've just signed Danny Griggs from Sussex. I, I, think, I, I think, I mean, my, my own feeling is that I think there will be changes in the back, in the, in the back end of the club. Um, that Bar Brace will want to bring in, possibly with the coach. Back, the backroom people are very much all ex Warwickshire players. Jim Trout was the coach, Tony Frost as the batting coach, um, Pop Welch as the bowling coach. Um, I know Pop, I've actually met Pop a couple of times, really, really nice guy. He knows his stuff. And personally, I, I, would, I think Pop should be kept because I think the bowling attack, we've got some good players. I think Henry Brooks, um, whilst he's a tad expensive, he's got a bit of raw pace. Um, I think he's caught up in the Lions squad as well from memory. So there is something there with him. I think it just needs, you know, it's just, just a rough time. It's polished a bit. I think there is something there with him. I actually think the bowling is not a massive issue at Warwickshire. I think it's the batting. That's, that's the problem. I think uh, we've got a couple of young guys. Rob Yates has been one who, you know, he, he has had, he's had one or two scores, but has had more failures from scores. And I think that's, that's the thing. We haven't, you know, when we were doing well, obviously we had Belly and Trusty, Little Order, who were, um, you know, the main engine room, really. Um, and obviously we lost Sibbers to England, who obviously is a massive loss and, you know, was, was scoring runs of fun. I think in terms of captaincy, I think Will Rhodes is definitely the right man at the moment. Um, you know, he's got to give him time to bed in. I think he's a good player. And I like, 
I like the son of Bresden because he does, he's a useful batsman at sort of six or seven, and he's a handy sort of first, second change bowler. So I think it's just, I think it's batting for me is the one thing I would say, you know, if I was to say what, what do we, we need to improve on for next season for batting, because you look at, you know, the, the teams, you know, like the Essexes this world, why do they win games? Well, they score, they've got guys like Alistair at the top of the order, um, as an example, Wesley, um, Nick Brown. You know, the, the guys there can score big runs. And now, you know, you've got runs in the bank, it makes it easier for someone like Harmer, you know, to, to, to get to get wickets because, you know, you've got, you can set attacking fields. And that's the problem with Warwickshire. We don't, we don't score enough runs to put the pressure on the opposition. So I think batting for me would be our summer. Mm. A, a brilliant assessment, Mark. Um, the summer of cricket, it was crammed into such a short space of time. Obviously, we've been talking about the uh, Vitality Blast T20. The Bob Willis Trophy has been touched on earlier as well. International cricket as well. Um, yes, it, it, it was coming thick and fast. What has been your memories of the summer? Ben, I'll, I'll kick things off with you. I suppose the, the main memories really are uh, just uh, how, how unusual the whole setup has been, of course, with, uh, you know, with, with entire test and one-day international T20 series all being played at the same venue. Um, th- there's been a number of things that are, un- that are unusual, but, um, but I think everyone has done the best they can uh, in, in, in the circumstances. Um, in terms of individual memories, I suppose internationally, you would have to look at something like Zach Crawley's double hundred, um, which I think was a major breakthrough for him. There was, if you look back to the start of the summer, it really was a genuine question of, does Denley play? Does Crawley play? We're not quite sure. Sometimes Crawley doesn't play anyway, because I think at the start of the, of the series, they were trying to balance up the side and he got sacrificed. So he's probably established himself um, I think that there's probably been, from an England point of view, more questions raised about the, the bowling, perhaps, than, than there were before, because they went into the summer with this, this sort of fearsome pace attack. And, and in the end, what have we learned? Probably what we knew before, which is the most reliable bowlers uh, are the older seamers, the, the, the ones who've got both now 500 plus test wickets. Mm. Um, so there's a, there's a lot of interesting factors. I, I thought the test series were, were very well contested. Um, and we shouldn't also forget, of course, uh, you know, belatedly, I suppose, the, the England women's team were able to get a series on against West Indies, um, which again was rather one-sided. Um, but nevertheless, I'm sure that they'll have gladly taken the opportunity to, to play some cricket. Um, I think... In, in general terms, I, I suppose you'd also look at, on the domestic front, the, the format of the Bob Willis Trophy, which was kind of cobbled together um, out of necessity. We couldn't play anything like a full county championship season. So that's what they came up with. And now, of course, there's a lot of talk about this potentially as the way going forward, this format of uh, the three conferences and perhaps a final or, or some sort of playoffs at the end of the season. Um, it'll be very interesting to see if that if that carries on going forward. And personally, my, my only concern about that is, obviously this year it had to be a regional tournament to avoid uh, travel and overnight stays and so on. I think it would be a shame if that were to become fixed um, because then you just end up with everyone playing the same teams every year, which is really 
probably going to end up quite boring. Um, so I think as, as long as you can mix it up, that might be a format that um, that they can have going forward. And uh, and just finally to pick up actually on what we were saying before about the the T20 finals day, uh, one of the things I probably should, should have mentioned, which which I think was interesting, was throughout the summer we had a lot of young players coming to the fore um, out of necessity because overseas players were obviously often not able to get here. Um, it wasn't practical to have them over. Um, and, and just about every county gave youngsters opportunities. A lot of them took those. And then it was quite interesting when we got down to um, T20 finals day, it was experience that decided um, the the the, uh, the tournament. Um, I think uh, Debbie and Mark both mentioned Dan Christian. Um, I would say uh, Peter Trigo actually was a key player as well for Knotts um, in in the final. Um, there were people like uh, Plunkett and, and Topley for Surrey, uh, perhaps in the semi-finals. So, so that so that was quite interesting. The the experience um, kind of um, proved uh, critical in the end, but I think it was great to see a lot of young players coming through, making their mark, hopefully laying down a marker for, for seasons going forward. Mm. Yeah, you mentioned Peter Trigger. I mean, obviously, <laughs> by fate, <laughs> he actually got a game, didn't he? I mean, it was one of these things. Obviously, it was, it's not the nicest way to actually get a game, is it, when someone gets injured. But, look, you have to take your chances. And he did, didn't he? He was terrific. I totally agree with you, Ben, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I would argue his, his innings was absolutely crucial yeah. um, to Knotts because I think... Uh, ben Duckett rightly got the headlines because he, he got an unbeaten 50 and uh, and he saw them home. But the situation they were in, I think they were, what, 18 or 19 for three when Trigo came in. And at that point, he actually has, has clearly set out and said, right, I'm going to keep the scoreboard ticking over. Mm. You know, your job is to stay in, back through. Um, and by doing that, I think that, that helped or enabled Duckett to, to play the innings he did. So... For me, uh, Trigo was was absolutely key in that. And as you say, Peter, it was, it was actually his, his T20 debut for, for Knotts, which again, I suppose, shows the kind of strength they had. That they could afford to leave someone like that on, on the sidelines until the final. Mm. Debbie, um, your thoughts on the summer? You've got a minute and a half to praise Essex, OK? <laughs> oh, no. I won't spend all that time praising I'm Essex. You. <laughs> no, I'm joking. <laughs> I think I think it was it was just amazing to see international cricket. Really, I mean, you know, I'm I'm I struggle sometimes to support England when they're playing Pakistan. I want to support Pakistan, so I was pleased to see them here. Um, I think it was fantastic that they all came over. Um, as you say, Zach Crawley was a very interesting one, actually, wasn't he? Because I think he was picked on his promise, wasn't he? Really more more than his stats and actually wow they got it right with him didn't they i mean he, he was very very impressive um you know i think dom sibley and burns are in that england team because of a weight of runs before they became part of it but zach crawley didn't have that so that actually just proved to prove that they actually know what they're doing really when it comes to picking a team um I thoroughly enjoyed having cricket on as much as it was. I mean, Sky were fantastic with it. I think it was a shame that, that it wasn't, uh, the Bob Willis mm. final wasn't on the main Sky. But I actually also think the fact that it was on their YouTube channel meant more people perhaps watched it than otherwise would. Um, so perhaps that's the positive in that respect. 
I, I, I do. I am thrilled that Essex won the Bob Willis Trophy. I mean, they weren't in the league situation. They weren't necessarily the best team, I don't think, were they? But wow, Alistair Cook played a fantastic innings. I mean, realistically, that was the key to them winning. Um, I mean, I, I'm, I've not been used to looking, you know, all it was about was them getting more than 301, realistically. And I think for Essex, that's where the experience came into things, actually. Um, you know, Ryan Tender Charter is 40. He's, he's signed another contract next year, which is fantastic. I think Alistair is going to be there next year as well. Um, so, yeah, it was fantastic to see them lift another trophy. And I, did, I think Essex won the internet that night when they put a photo of Tom Wesley with Tom Wesley with all the other Bob Willis trophy winners. Obviously, he was on his own. Um, so, yeah, good season. I, I, I've enjoyed it. And I, I enjoyed the T20 that I saw. Of course, we've got the obsession that is now IPL on all the time. Um, and I struggle to engage with that all the time. But it's nice to think that you can actually look and there have been some fantastic games with that cricket pretty much is all year now really isn't it yeah yeah but we are going to yeah. talk briefly IPL debut as well Thanks. so but um um <clears throat> Stuart Broad <laughs> recently he came out of an interesting uh topic fair point to him at least he, you know Stuart Broad is Stuart Broad he speaks his mind and that's what I like about Stuart Broad actually he insists it would be wrong for England's top cricketers not to take pay cuts. Mark, what's your thoughts on that? I think they should, well, my opinion is I think they should take pay cuts. I think in the day, you know, financially, like cricket, like all sports at the moment, it's, there's a lot of problems at the moment. You know, there's no fans coming to ground. Counties, no doubt, will be struggling. Um, I think it's important that players lead by example. Um, bear in mind, they, you know, they're probably and the highest amount of money, I'm guessing. I don't know for sure, but I think they should take a pay cut um, to show a bit of solidarity with the situation that we're in. I mean, I could say that for, for other sports as well, because obviously, you know, this is a massive impact, a worldwide impact. Um, yeah, I think I think anything that they... I think I think one of the other things, I think they there is money being donated. I don't know if the PCA that are donating money towards the game as well, I think. That's the other England. thing I would, would, would add to that. The England um, players donated half a million, didn't they? The before that's right, yes. yes started. Yeah, that, that, that's, that's a good point. Because I just, yeah, I'm, as, I was talk, as I was thinking, I remember something was said about that. So thanks for bringing it up. But yeah, I think, um, yeah, I mean, they, they should do. I think, you know, it, it just makes sense to me. I think what we've got to try and do is, I think it was a good point Debbie made earlier about the YouTube aspects um, with, with the Bob Willis final. Because I think, you know, it's kind of links to the question in the sense that we've got to make cricket easily accessible for everybody. Um, and, you know, I mean, I'm, I'm lucky I've got Sky, I can watch cricket whenever I want to watch cricket. But, you know, there are, you know, people out there who haven't got Sky. And it's, it's very hard to get, get youngsters into the game. So that's kind of it's a bit, going a little bit outside the question a bit. But I think it's important that cricket as a sport, we have to try and do what we can to gain more interest, to get more people playing. And I think I think players would show a great example um, by, by taking the pay cut, in my opinion. Yeah, fair point. Ben, what's your take on Stuart Broad's um, talking point there? <laughs> well, I, as, as Mark said, I, I would entirely agree. Uh, and I think it is interesting to see the contrast, perhaps, with um, 
other sports. Um, I think cricket is fortunate that most of the top players do feel an affinity with the game as a whole um, because of their, their their own pathway, if you like. Um, a lot of them have grown up in uh, in club cricket or uh, regional cricket and, and certainly county cricket. Um, and being perfectly honest, the majority of counties have been badly hit by the pandemic. Um, and someone like Stuart Broad, who obviously started his career at Leicestershire, for instance, I think will will be well aware that, uh, as an example, Leicestershire um, are going to be badly hit by by that. And um, and and I think it's it's good to see. I think it's rather a contrast, really, to what we see in football, for instance, where the clubs at the top, I think, by and large, don't seem to feel any kind of uh, need for solidarity. Um, I mean, we've seen recent days the transfer window closed and they're spending obscene amounts of money as per usual. Um, you know, so uh, so I think I think certainly Stuart Broad is is right on what he said, and it's and it's refreshing to hear. Um, I, I'm reminded of um, I mean, going back to earlier in the summer. Uh, um, interview I did with, with Stuart Law at Middlesex um, asking about were they going to try and get any of their overseas players in for the blast and um, and, and Stuart said quite quite simply um, look we've you know we've asked everyone to take pay cuts at Middlesex so we we really can't then go spending a five-figure sum on flying someone in for a few weeks putting them up in a hotel and all the rest of it that's just not reasonable um, and I think from what I can see that that is the spirit that has generally prevailed throughout cricket so um, absolutely I think uh, as you said Peter Stuart Broad will, will say what he thinks um, and, uh, and and I don't think anyone could uh, could really disagree with him there. Debbie your take on it? Yeah, I, I, I think it's, he, he, one, I have to say, he comment, oh, wait, did he commentate or was he the pundit after some of the games? He speaks very, very well, Stuart Broad. Um, and I wasn't so sure about, with his outburst about not being picked because I felt he was rested, not picked, but there we are. Um, but no, I, they earn, let's be honest, if you have a test and a one-day um, contract, you earn a lot of money. I think it's about £900,000 for a test contract and we and I, while I understand that everybody lives to their own means you know and that's nowhere near the sort of wage that a footballer gets as you as you say Ben I think that's very good of him actually and, and very responsible and I can see that he'll be a man that will be involved with the PCA as as time goes on actually when when he's an ex-cricketer he's got a bright future I think yeah and I must admit he does come across well on television yeah he said, yeah, he, uh, yeah yeah Spot on there, Debbie. IPL then, Debbie. Um, I'll come to Ben's take on this very shortly, but um, I know you've been watching a few matches, obviously. How, how, how is your impression of the IPL going so far? Um, there have been, I mean, there were two cracking games in a row, actually. I looked the, the, the figures up today. Game 9 and Game 10, where you thought that actually uh, Game 9 was the Kings Eleven Punjab against Rajasthan Royals. And the Rajasthan Royals had to get something like 89 in five, in five or six overs. And they did it. Um, KL Rahul is having a fantastic IPL. Um, I think he scored, didn't he score something like 132 against um, 
Birat's team and Birat dropped him twice. I missed that actually. I would have quite liked to have seen that Paddy because I don't suppose Birat would have taken terribly kindly to that. So that was a really exciting. That was, I think, one of the record scores in IPL. So that was 223 for two, which is quite amazing, and 226 for six. And then the next day, um, Royal Challengers Bangalore and the Mumbai Indians played each other. And we had a super over situation because they actually needed, I think, let me get this right. It was that Mumbai Indians needed 99, no, needed 90 from five overs. And again, they did it. Um, they got 100 runs in 45 balls. So that was Ishan Kishan and Kieran Pollard. And it, and it, it was very entertaining to watch. I watched that one and it was great. Um, came down to a super over and I have to say the two bowlers, I, I can't recall the name of one. The one was a young Indian bowler um, and the second name has escaped me and it's the experienced Indian bowler. They both bowled really, really well. Um, but Virat's team won on that one. And I think he hit the winning runs because he's not having a terribly good year, actually. Um, I don't, did any of you see um, the documentary about the Mumbai Indians or, that's on Netflix at the moment? If you haven't, I can really recommend it. It's really oh, interesting, yeah. actually. Yeah, it's, it yeah, takes... I, I haven't seen it, no. Oh, I've not seen it. Yeah. If you've got Netflix, do give it a watch. It's really excellent. It takes you behind the scenes, actually, and, and gives you a look at the really world-class players that we're used to seeing fated. It, you see them as people. Um, yeah, yeah. And it's give it, it gave me an idea of what it's, you know, the fact that people own those teams. Yeah. You know, so we've seen, we've seen the children of the owners, haven't we, in some of the stadiums. It's quite remarkable. The money that's involved is incredible. But I can't honestly, I, it's not a tournament that I could watch every day. I would just dip in and out of it. No, I mean, I'm, I, I'm the same. I don't, I haven't really watched a lot of IPL to really sort of make comments on who's doing what. I know, I know it's low Mumbai and it's top and that. But, um, it's I'm I'm more of a follower of of domestic and te test cricket. I'm a bit of a traditionist when it comes to that side of it. So um, I've seen one or two games. I've seen that um, Sam Curran got Owen Morgan out today. I saw him won the game. So so yeah. I mean it's I think I think it's kind of it, it's like any tournament. It's just a shame that there's no fans there because the atmosphere in an IPL is incredible. It's, you know, Indians Indians are so passionate about the game. Yeah, I was, I've not really seen a lot of games, so it's difficult for me to comment on really at the moment with IPL. We've got a few minutes left, guys. I'm going to come to each and every one of you. Players that's impressed you during the summer. Ben, I'll start off with you. Well, I've already mentioned Zach Crawley, which I suppose is, is an obvious one, but he really came of age during that international series. Um, I think... Uh, I would have to say that there's been quite a few in, in domestic cricket as well. I mean, with my Middlesex hat on, I, I would like to, um, to, to to point out some of the younger lads they they've thrown in in uh, well, both in red ball and, and white ball cricket who really impressed and, and I think could be names in in years to come. People like uh, uh, Joe Cracknell, uh, Luke Holman, um, who's a leg spinning all rounder who played with with a lot of fearlessness. Um, one, one actually who, who also stood out from, from playing against Middlesex was uh, Felix Organ at Hampshire, um, who's been around, I think, a few years. But um, he uh, is, is primarily a batsman, but, uh, but he, he played in a game where Hampshire were two bowlers down. They, they had two bowlers injured 
Um, so he ended up having to bowl a lot um, and did it really very well. I think he ended up taking four wickets. Hampshire won the game, quite a low scoring game. Um, he certainly caught, caught my eye there as well. Um, I think if, if we go back to, to white ball, um, again, one of the teams we, I don't think we've mentioned from finals day uh, was Lancashire. Um, and I particularly like the look of Lancashire's spin attack. Um, Matt Parkinson, we all know a bit about. Um, and uh, Tom Hartley, uh, who's, who's appeared in their side in the blast, uh, I think looks a, a young spinner of, of good potential as well. Um, but doubtless uh, there'll be a few others that, that Debbie and Mark will, will have in mind as well. Yeah, right. You've got a couple of minutes each. So, Debbie, go for it. I'm going to go for a, an Essex, a young Essex player first, Feroz Kushi. Yes. Um, yeah. who, who actually appeared in the first team really for the first time this year. He's had a fantastic run at times in the second team, but I think he came in and took his chance with the bat this year. Um, so let's talk young players. So Will Jacks at Surrey, what a fantastic cricketer he is. I and mean, he's a wonderful batsman and lo and behold, he can bowl too. Um, so I think worthy of mention. Tom Lamanby at Somerset has to get a mention for me. What a promising young player he is. I mean, he got that century in the final, and I think that was his second century, wasn't it, in the competition? Um, but as an opening bat, is, it, is there a, perhaps there will be a place for him in time? I'm not sure. But I think he's very promising. And I think if we stick with Somerset, Craig Overton, I think, has had a very good summer. I didn't think he had quite enough of a good summer to be mentioned all the time by the commentators during the Bob Willis Trophy because Sam Cook of Essex did very well during that match as well. And I think last but not least, Darren Stevens has to get a mention in, in Red Bull cricket. <laughs> that man is just amazing. He took 29 wickets at 15. Just remarkable. He goes on and on and on, really. So yeah, young and, and on and on and on. I'm yes. sure next will carry on. Uh, Mark, quickly then, who's impressed you this summer? Uh, well, being a Bears fan, I've got to say Chris Wokes, I think. Um, I mean, he won us the game against Pakistan, which is serious. I think he got 100 um, unbeaten. I think he's a, he's, he had a great season. Uh, Josh Butler, I think, is another one as well, because, you know, he was under a lot of pressure um, for his spot. But he's actually done really, really well. Um, and I think he's one person that we haven't really covered. So I think at the moment his place is pretty secure. Uh, yeah, Zach Crawley, I think, has done, he's done really, really well. He's, he's, I think he's taken his opportunity at number three. I also think with Zach Crawley as well, where if he had an injury to have a burn to Sibley, he could use his slot in the snow from batsman. So that gives him a bit more flexibility at the top of the order. Um, and bear in mind, we've got an Ashes series next year. I think it's going to be really, really important we have that flexibility against you know, a gun Australian attack. Darren Stevens, as Debbie said earlier, I mean, he's old, he's... he's um, Still taking wickets of fun and, and, and scoring, you know, and he's a handy batsman as well because he actually started off as a, as a batsman uh, who did the bowl a bit. But now he's kind of the other way around. But um, uh, yeah, I agree about Lamanby. I think he's got a bit of promise there. You know, there's something about him. You know, I think potentially he could push for a spot. But um, I mean, England at the moment, I think, I think it's in rude health. I think the game is looking is looking good, um, and I also think. Um, I think I'll give credit to the oppositions this summer, Pakistan, West Indies, um, and also got the Australians that came for one day series. You know, it was, it was just very, very enjoyable to watch. Very much so. 
It's been enjoyable talking to all three of you. Mark Smith, thank you very much for your time. Ben, Ben Kosky, thank you also for your time. And not forgetting Debbie, Debbie Knight as well. This has been the Big Kickoff Cricket Podcast. I've been Peter Moore. And I will be, once again, in two weeks' time, we'll be digesting even more cricket talk for you as well. Guys, thank you so much uh, for your time. It's so much appreciated. You take care. And we will speak soon. <laughs>